Do you have a memory of seeing something beautiful for the very first time? When was the last time you saw something that took your breath away and made your jaw drop in awe? What was it? What do you remember about it? Today, as you listen, we hope you have the chance to see Lehi's dream as if it were new, and we hope it inspires you to start seeing your family, too. Welcome to the Simple Joyful Home Podcast. Join Emily and Alicia, two moms doing their best. This is a podcast about Come Follow Me and the Book of Mormon, and how anything you learn from the scriptures can be transformed into practical and simple solutions to strengthen your home, your relationships, and even yourself. If you're ready to triumph over self-doubt and increase the joy in your heart and in your home, join them on this inspired journey. Take it away, ladies. Hey, this is Emily. Hey, this is Alicia. And this week from Come Follow Me, we're doing January 13th through the 19th, and it's on 1st Nephi chapters 8 through 10. What stood out to us, kind of floated to the top, was chapter 8 and about Lehi's dream. It's such a great chapter. We're kind of pulling something that you may not have probably thought of before. I think it's brilliant, and I'm totally enthralled with this. Okay, so I went into this preparation for this week's podcast, thinking I was going to do two is one and one is none. We were going to focus on chapter nine. It was going to be awesome. And I just could not get my thoughts to come. And I had all these ideas, but they weren't flowing. And so I said, I'm just going to start reading over. I'm just going to start fresh and I'm going to start reading chapter eight, nine, and 10 from the very beginning. And as I started to read, I'm thinking, I'm just going to highlight the word behold. Oh, I'm just going to highlight the word see. And then I just started highlighting these words that all had to do with vision. I didn't really have a purpose when I began. It just seemed interesting. And by the time I was done, I thought, oh my goodness, this whole chapter is about intentionally seeing, being present enough to observe and see. I saw the chapter in a whole new light. There are 36 words Wow! in this chapter of 38 verses, words that all had to do with vision. That's almost one per verse. Wow. I think he maybe wants us to figure something out. (laughs) As I was looking at that, the word behold really stuck out to me, mainly because I'm like, well, does that really have to do with vision or seeing? And so I looked it up, sure that I understood that that's really what they meant. And it says that the meaning of that is to see or observe, and not just to see or observe anything, but a thing or person, especially a remarkable or impressive one. Interesting. Right? I thought it was- I did not know that's what that meant. And I thought if every time he says, behold, I'm looking for something that is especially remarkable or impressive. And that seems like something I would want to pay more attention to. I've read this chapter lots of times and studied him in classes. I've never really viewed this chapter in the seen way with using these words as a catching thing. I've always just blown over them. And I am always captivated by the actual object that we're talking about. This is just a different way. I've never thought of it. I did not know there were that many words in this verse. Today, focus on what we can learn from watching Lehi himself, how he took the opportunity to intentionally look at what was around him. Because if he wasn't paying attention, if he wasn't present, how could he capture the amazing lessons that were before him? Well, And he captivated him so well because he's so detailed in the way he wrote these chapters. It is incredible what he was able to see in a vision. It's so true. There's one scripture that stuck out to me because we focus here at Simple Joyful Home on strengthening families. Lehi says in 1 Nephi 8.13, I cast mine eyes round about that I might discover my family. And that's where it all began for me. He was intentional 
about looking around, gathering the detail, paying attention to where people were, especially his family. So it's neat that Lehi is standing by this tree and that the first thing that he wants to do is to have someone with him because that is what it is meant to be, to have someone with you. Family, friends, we're all here together. So I love that. And so he looks around about to discover and connect with his family. Yeah. And so how are we doing that in our in our life? How are we looking around and trying to connect with our family? And he even looked for his sons that were struggling because he didn't see them at first. Mm -hmm. And he still looked for them. He still sought to see them. Sometimes it doesn't always work out where they didn't want to look back. They were looking elsewhere. But to know we can always try to see everyone around us and everyone that we love, whether they look back or not, that opportunity is always our choice. I love that you bring up that it is their choice to do what they're going to do, but it's always our opportunity to continue to seek after them and to look for them. Yeah. I think by looking, he's meaning that that look is love because now he feels that love the Savior has for us. And we want to love the ones that are close to us and everyone really. But that's what he's seeing. That's what looking means in this. It's wanting to just portray this love that's in your heart so they feel that love. The sad part of it too is though that we can be so easily distracted. Satan doesn't have to totally detour us. He just has to distract us, especially when we're on the mission of strengthening our family and putting us in the direction that the Lord wants us. He just has to distract us. Where we are with our family, when we are doing the best we can, is exactly where we're supposed to be. And we are perfectly suited for these children, for our spouse, for this time. So I've heard a lot where I should be really happy and very content with being a mom and being home. And that should be the most important thing. I should feel very, very valued in that. And I remember being like, but I don't, (laughs) I don't feel valued uh, for being a mom. Like I should be able to do these things outside the home on a regular basis. I should just be able to hold it all together. My value should be in what else I'm doing and not being a mom. I should be doing what everyone else is doing. And I didn't realize I'm not really one who cares what other people, like I, I care about, I want to get that right. But I, I'm happy for what other people are doing. I, I don't tend to compare myself, but subconsciously I was. And so I didn't even realize I had been doing it until I stopped the things that were, I was comparing myself to. And a lot of that I'll say is probably social media. It's easy to get into that subconsciously. You may be thinking I'm fine, but subconsciously. So I took a break and I could not even believe the difference. I felt being valued as a mom because I took away that comparison. I took away the outside influences and I was able to see the value as a mom. In the first part of this, we focused on really starting to see our family, like looking round about to see our family. And then in the scriptures, it talks about how Lehi looked to see other people and he was telling their stories and he was telling the stories of other people who would partake of the fruit and then they would look out for approval or they would get close to something and then they would look out to the big and spacious building. It was always there looking outward Mm -hmm. instead of inward. Yeah. It's a great lesson and a great visual. If we 
are on the path that God has for us and we're focused on family and we're focused on strengthening them and we are hearing the voice of the Lord or we're feeling that peace on our path, that there is no need to look out to places that bring contempt and pointing fingers and mocking. And that can happen literally from other people, right? Telling us we're doing something wrong or telling us that they don't like what we're doing with our kids or, or it can come internally from our own comparison with others on social media or our own thoughts really even like feeling not enough and looking out to see what else you should be or could be instead of sitting with God and appreciating who you are and what he has blessed you with. Well, and if you think about it, where you look is the sign of where you're headed. Oh, that is so true. I have the best story about that. Oh, Oh, when you learn how to ride motorcycles, Me and Seth have been big motorcycle people our whole life. And we've gone on long road trips and cruise together and it's really been fun. But I I decided I had this big idea. I was going to start to learn how to drive a motorcycle that lasted like a year, people. It's not my gig. I'd rather ride. But (laughs) as I was taking the safety course and driving my little 250, just putt, putt, putting around, you go to this course and they teach you that when you're learning how to ride a motorcycle, you always have to look where you want to go. If you don't look where you want to go, you will crash your bike. <laughs> so you you look where you go. And if you're going into a turn, you look where you want to come out. You don't look into the turn. You look where you want to exit. Because if you look where you want to exit, you naturally lean that way. And when you are driving on in a car or in a motorcycle, they teach you not to look at the cars on the other side of the road or not to look at the car changing their tire on the side of the road because you naturally drift that way. Right. right. And so it's a it's a fabulous lesson that yes. crosses over into this aspect of our life and yes. also could save your life. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Could save your physical life and apparently your spiritual one. Um, yes. <laughs> so watch where you're looking, right? <laughs> like watch where you're going. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I love that. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yes. So s- focusing on inward, where are we? Can we see our family? What is there to be in awe of, of our family and to appreciate? And I remember when my son was born, just being so amazed that I was in charge of this little life and that someone trusted me to take care of him. And that came with, you know, sleepless nights and worry and is he safe and, you know, checking their breathing every five oh. minutes. Oh, Alicia, you're one of those moms. Yeah. Just kidding. Well, for the I first one, <laughs> for the first one, I definitely was. Yeah. And then you have another child. And, and even though I loved and worked really, really hard to get Emma here, it's different. It's not as new. I'm not learning so many things. My senses yeah. aren't as heightened. Yeah. Um, and I miss that a little bit. And so how do you get that back when when you've had more children or you've had your children for a while Yeah, and you're your family's five. just like... You're, you're on, on number, number five and you don't even know where they are? <laughs> there <laughs> just, you go. Right? Okay. I usually know where they are, mostly. I love it. I love it. Yeah. How do you get back to that sense of wonder and awe and connecting with them and In really building. Way. Yeah. And really yeah. building the connection and strength in your family. Well, I think it changes. Like you become confident in, in the basic needs and cares of your kids and it needs to go a little deeper. How now can I look at them in a spiritual sense and in a connection sense 
instead of like all their needs and wants and packing their lunches and, and making sure they're clean and fed, you know, we get that. We're actually good at those things as we learned. But now how do we really look and see them for who they are? Mm, I love that. As we've talked about this, we've talked about really being intentional about our time with them. Uh-huh. We've talked about not looking outward right. and what happens when we do and how that can be distracting or spiritually damaging. So what is one thing you are doing as you think about your life that is making you feel like you aren't enough? I mean, picking that one thing out that's making you feel like you're not enough, isolating it so that you can take it out, get it out, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and it's going to be different for everyone. Yep. Um, I know you were saying earlier, it yeah. was social media. It's really very unique to each of us. It is. Right? It's, I think some people can handle social media just fine. So yeah. And, and so whatever that is, that's kind of floating to the top. We always say that here yeah. at Simple Joyful Home, but whatever's floating to the top for you, just maybe write that down. Maybe take a conscious note of it for a minute. And then yeah. we're going to give you some things to help you replace it. Because in Isaiah chapter one, verse 16 and 17, it mentions cease to do evil, learn to do well. It's a two part process. So if there's something in your life that is making you feel like you're not enough, isolate that. And then let's learn to do something in place of it. Having something to replace something with, it's so much easier to break a habit. <laughs> so much easier. Well, it changes what you're focused on. Mm-hmm. Because- and you don't have to just say, no, 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 and then be left with like time and space to fill and nothing to fill it. Because where are you going to put your eyes? Yeah. It's, it's so like true. when someone says, don't think about a cow. Don't think about a cow. <laughs> you <laughs> always think about a cow. <laughs> you need to replace that image with something else. As we move into the tips that might give you something to replace whatever it is you're working on, we hope that you start seeing your family, them literally. And here are all the reasons why. Awesome. <laughs> um, in First Nephi 8.13, again, he says, I cast mine eyes round about that I might discover my family. We started with that. There is a quote out there, and I don't know who said it, but it says, we become what we behold. If we want to become a family, we have to behold our family. We have to see our family. We have to observe them, and we have to see the greatness in them. If you want to discover your family in a whole new way, (laughs) you can give eye contact a try. Eye contact, the sensitivity to it starts when we are infants. At just two days old, they prefer looking at faces that are gazing back at them. And at two days old, they can't even isolate your eyes, right? They're right. just like a big blur, but they can tell that your face is Looking. facing them. Mm-hmm. Oh, At four months old, their brain activity shows they process gazing faces more deeply. So they connect more deeply if you're gazing at them versus if you're looking away from them. Wow. This is the part that I love because Emma is, what, two and a half? And this is so happening in our house right now. But at three to four years old, they start to recognize the importance of eye contact and they take it to a whole new extreme. <laughs> they start covering their eyes and then they think that you can't see them. Emma will do that sometimes. She will cover her eyes and then she'll, you can't see me. <laughs> it's the cutest thing. <laughs> and she's even like, she'll put a little blanket over her head and do the same thing and we'll play with her. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is sometimes she doesn't have anything over her eyes. She'll merely close her eyes and say, you can't see me. 
Interesting. Yeah, that's and I cute. I think it is so fascinating how their interpretation of their eyes is their whole value and worth, really. If you can't see any part of me, if you can't see my eyes. That's basically what they're saying in a child's way. Right. So we had talked about this a few days ago, and it really has just stuck with me. And so I did a little test. I wondered when was the last time I really looked at all of my kids' eyes or, you know, really saw them. And so I wanted to intentionally look at their eyes. I realized when they started talking. So when my 12-year-old started talking, I looked over at him, stopped what I was doing. I was doing dishes and I looked over at him and his eyes were already there, like waiting for me to look at him. And I was like, whoa, I thought I'd have to like wait and see if he would like catch my eye when I was listening. And no, he was right there listening. I did it to my 10 year old, same thing, because he was excitedly telling me something. And I looked up and he, his eyes were just so captivating the moment I looked at him. And I also noticed with my two year old who can't, talk to me. When I took the moment and looked in his eyes, we started connecting and I was able to get him to laugh or I was tickling him. And all of a sudden it just escalated and he was giggling harder than I'd heard him for a few days. And I just loved doing that. It was such a neat experience when I started to just look at my kids a little bit more because I realized I wasn't doing it very much. I'm always busy. I'm always picking up. I'm always doing the dishes. I'm got something in my arms I'm taking from one room to the next and to just stop and look at their eyes. It was amazing. Anyway. Oh, I love that. Did you know that when you, it's the coolest thing when you are looking at someone's eyes, it is really difficult to do complicated tasks because it uses more brain power to look someone in the eye. Oh, I totally believe that. Right. And so when we say, I feel like they're paying attention to me when they look in yeah. my eyes, it's because they are, they have to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can do some things, but not much. And like, I'm staring at Emily while I'm saying this right now and trying to say complicated things. <laughs> I just did a bug eye at her. <laughs> she did. It was great. So it shows attention. Our eyes are so powerful. They reveal our emotions, joy or anger. If you are experiencing joy or anger and you make eye contact with another person during that emotion, it intensifies the emotion for the other person. Wow. So when you're angry with your kids and you're like, what are you doing? And you're looking them in the eye, it's intensifying that anger. And so maybe even that small recognition of knowing when I'm angry, maybe I won't look them in the eye. Maybe I'll just look at the side or because yes. we don't want the anger to anger. be intensified. But it's also the opposite too. If you look at them when you're completely full of joy and you're so excited about their their latest accomplishment or just how much you're feeling love for them, that feeling is intensified as well. Well, and I noticed when I was telling that earlier with the boys, when I when Sam was telling me something exciting, he was my 10-year-old, and I looked him in the eye, I felt more joy. It worked both ways. He felt more joy and I felt more joy. And I wasn't the one who was having something exciting to talk about. I was just looking him in the eye. Yes. And I immediately smiled. He was smiling. It was such a neat experience. And it is because it was this moment of intensifying the happiness that we were sharing just because I looked him in the eye and it literally was like three seconds. <laughs> uh, eye contact and really seeing each other helps us in so many ways. It helps us build trust. It helps us feel like we belong. I mean, have you ever been at a party or at a ward activity or something where you oh, yeah. can go the whole night and no one looks at you and you leave and you go, I don't even know why I went. Right. Right. Eye contact 
that communication is so powerful in helping us feel like we belong. Yeah. Well, I did have one little quick story because I had this on my mind of like looking at people's eyes. So I was even at the grocery store. I was going through the line and the lady had, there was, it was backed up. We had like five people waiting and she was just trying the hardest to get through as many as she could. And I finally got through and she was telling me how much I owed. And I was looked up at her and I looked her right and I was like, thank you. And normally you just take the receipt and you put it in. You're like, have a nice day. And you walk out. But no, I like took the second just to like stare her in the eye. And it was, I say stare in her eye, like that's kind of <laughs> creepy. But no, I just glanced at her and she, her eyes like met mine, like, you naturally, like almost you don't even realize that your your faces are lining up to where the eyes connect right at the moment. And it's just really neat and interesting how our bodies are created to do that. When you were telling me that story offline, I loved what you said. You know, I realized I don't even think I looked at this lady. I don't even think oh, I... Yeah. And it's so true how often we go through life and even at home with our families, how often we go through the entire day and we haven't even looked our spouse in the eye. Yep. I mean, we've gone through all the things. We've gone through dinner. We've gone through all the checklists. We've got everyone to bed finally. And we haven't looked them in the eye or truly connected for the smallest moment at all that day. It just passed us by. I even think it can spread even farther. So now say we're not looking at their eye. We may not even notice them. I remember Max left a shirt at one of his friend's house, which sounds funny. He had gone swimming (laughs) and uh, he left a shirt. And I was like, well, what shirt was it? What was he even wearing? Like I couldn't even remember what shirt he was wearing because of how busy our day was. And so I think it spreads from not only our eyes, but actually them as a, as a person, which I should probably work on that. (laughs) all the things I need to do (laughs) oh and this is like the simplest thing to implement it is it doesn't matter how big your family is I mean I'm the oldest of 10 people my mom had a lot going on but yeah I didn't know that yeah well (laughs) new things every day peeps (laughs) um yeah so there was 12 of us in the house my mom and dad could implement this in less than a minute less than a minute you can accomplish this in your home I am so excited to hear the discoveries that you make when you try it and if something else is on your heart to try try that this is just an idea to get you going maybe it sparked something totally different for you yeah when we began we talked about behold, the definition being to see or observe a thing or a person, especially remarkable or an impressive one. And I think we can all agree that seeing more of our family, focusing more on them, we will definitely find a person um, or people in our home that are especially remarkable or impressive. And another thing about the word behold is it comes from Old English. And the word in Old English is by Halden. And I'm probably saying that wrong, but it's from by, which means thoroughly and Halden, which is to hold. And I love that image for our families. So not only are we seeing or observing something especially remarkable or impressive about them, but we're also thoroughly holding them. And when we do that, it will impact them spiritually. It's like giving them a hug with your eyes. It's true. We're going to leave you with a couple of questions to think about. <laughs> so what is the barrier blocking your ability to see your family? What small thing is coming to your mind to do to start seeing your family, whether it's eye contact or something totally different? Is there one person in your family that needs an added measure of inclusion and belonging? And the final question is, do you feel seen? Hubie Brown has a quote, be aware 
for the degree of your awareness will determine the measure of your aliveness. And as you look into the eyes of those you love, we promise you that you will feel more alive and more seen yourself. I love that. Until next time, we hope that as you behold your family this week, that you feel your family becoming stronger. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time. See you next time. We hope you felt at home with us today and that the inspiration shared here will lead you to the simple solutions God has to help you have a more joyful life and home. We would love to connect with you and get to know you better. Come say hello on Instagram or Facebook at Simple Joyful Home. We would love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, we hope you feel that your best is enough. It won't be the same without you guys. Join us next time. See you later. See ya. I have to do it again. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh my gosh, okay. So you read that one part, right? What? <laughs> Wait, what? I'm, there's this paper somewhere.